Hello, my name is Justin, and I'm the Family Ministries Pastor here. And today I am bringing you part three of our current series, Emote Control. In this series, Emote Control, we've been talking about our emotions and how they are both something that God has given us to enhance our lives, but also something that can be an issue in our lives as well. And how placing them in the proper position in our lives can be an added benefit in every aspect of our lives including our relationship with God. Now today we are talking about the emotion of anxiety. Now anxiety is defined as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and can even include physical changes like blood pressure or tighten muscles around the neck and shoulders. Anxiety disorders usually involve reoccurring intrusive thoughts or concerns that may cause people to avoid certain situations out of worry. And anxiety, something that's specific to anxiety is that it's usually looking forward to the future, that it's something that worry about what is to come is a telling characteristic of anxiety. Now I wanna start out this message with this disclaimer first. There is a difference between experiencing anxiety and living with anxiety. Now there's two different types of anxiety. There is the emotion or feeling of anxiety, but there is also the disorder of anxiety. The first kind is something that we all experience. It is completely normal. It is just a a way of life. It's, It's that feeling of a car is driving straight at you and you get a, a feeling of anxiousness, of worry. That is completely normal. You, you have a presentation, you are speaking in front of a group of people. You get anxious about that. That is a normal, everyday experience of people. Uh, the second one is like it, is that in that it can be a similar feeling, but the severity or frequency of it is significantly more. In this message, we are talking about the emotion of anxiety, just the the normal everyday feeling of anxiety. If you or someone you know is experiencing an anxiety disorder, some of this message can apply to you because you probably still experience the feeling of anxiety, but I would highly recommend you to take a step and see a mental health professional if you are experiencing an anxiety disorder. I know there's a lot of, of stigma surrounding mental health in, in society, and I know we've been doing a lot to break down that stigma, but I recognize that that stigma may be even higher in the church. Uh, you know, oftentimes it can feel, even if it's never explicitly said, that if you're feeling mentally unwell, that there's a problem with your relationship with God or that you lack faith. And I just want to say that nothing could be further from the truth than that. If you fell out of your chair right now and you broke your arm, no one would accuse you of breaking your arm due to a lack of faith or encourage you to just ignore your arm and trust that God will heal it. If you broke your arm right now, we would pray for you and then someone would drive you to the hospital to get taken care of by medical professionals. If God heals your arm now or on the way, really excited about that. That's awesome. But if not, the doctors and nurses who God has given us will help you recover. 
I think we need to take the same attitude and stance toward our mental health as well. I think that if we are experiencing a mental health issue, if, if we're experiencing depression or an anxiety disorder or addiction, that there is nothing wrong with looking for medical help with that. There's nothing wrong with looking for professional help with that. If it seems like a stretch, just remember that there was a point in time where if you got sick or if you got hurt, people thought that that meant that your relationship with God was in a bad place. We now consider that to be ridiculous, but for some reason, for some people, that idea is still present when it comes to mental health sometimes. And I look forward to the day where we see it as the same as a physical ailment. You know, there are many professionals with expertise who God has provided to us who can help us when we are not healthy, both physically and mentally. And we need to take that seriously. So before we get started, if this resonates with you, but you don't know where to start, here are some resources for mental health assistance in our region. There's some great options. There is the Canadian Mental Health Association of Waterloo and Wellington that provides a lot of services surrounding mental health and has a large directory of additional resources as well. It's a fantastic place to start. Within that, one of those resources is the Bounce Back program, and it's a service free of charge. It's provincially funded, uh, and it provides co cognitive behavioral therapy over the phone, uh, which can be great for helping people with anxiety, with depression, and with addiction. We're going to link to both of those resources in the video description. So if that is something that, that you think you might need or would benefit you or you know somebody or you just want to be aware of resources in the area, check out those websites. Those are a great place to start. Now, let's get started with the message though. In talking about anxiety, you know, if we are being honest, if we're being really honest with ourselves, there is a lot to be anxious about around us in the world. You know, the future has never looked more uncertain for many of us. And when I think about even just this time last year, the world was definitely a stressful place. But this was just absolutely magnified significantly when the whole COVID-19 pandemic blew up last March. Maybe you're a parent and, you know, you're anxious about whether schools are going to stay open or not and you know what you're going to do with your kids if the schools close again. Maybe you're working a job that's struggling during this season and you don't know if you're going to get laid off now or in the future. Maybe you're a high school student and you, know, you didn't know what you were going to do after high school before all of this stuff went on, but now with the pandemic and online learning and you don't know when stuff is going to open up back in person you just the world seems like a mess you you really have no idea what's going on and, and that might scare you maybe you're looking to get into the housing market right now and seeing how fast prices have been climbing really makes you wonder if you're ever going to be able to do it and you're anxious about that maybe you're older you've lived a full life and you know you don't necessarily have worries about uh, of your own but you know you're worried about what your family is going to do when you're gone. All of these things are just scratching the surface of things there are to worry about in our lives. 
believe me when I say I am right there with you. I am a world-class warrior. I not not warrior as in you know fighting. I worry a lot. I like to plan and overthink things to a ridiculous degree, and this doesn't even necessarily mean that my plans are like well thought out in a useful way. Sometimes this just means that I get really stuck on the minute things that don't matter about the plan and I have got those things really ironed out but the actual like action steps haven't quite gotten around to that yet because I got stuck focusing on the really insignificant aspects and specifically it's usually all the things that could go wrong it's good to be aware of but if that's all you've got it's not helpful at this point you might be thinking thanks pastor Justin I was actually uh, feeling all right this morning but now that I think about all the things there are to worry about in my life and in the world, um, you have ruined my day. And I do apologize for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I say all this not to remind us of all the things that we have to be anxious about. You know, my, my goal was not for you to start watching this video and become anxious. But I say all this to show that we all have things to be anxious about. I, I say all these things to show that we all worry. And if you find yourself worrying or feeling anxious, it's okay. You are not alone. We are all right there with you. Now, remember, if it's becoming debilitating, constant, or negatively affecting you know, multiple aspects of your life, maybe take some steps and get some professional help. But anxiety to an extent is a normal thing. Brief feelings of anxiety are normal. In fact, anxiety in its most simple form is a survival mechanism meant to help keep us alive and safe. And when something endangers us, it's good that we are made aware of it and that we are, know what's going on so we can respond accordingly to the situation. In this way, humans have been dealing with anxiety forever. There are even people in the Bible who have had to deal with anxiety. And you know, it's, it's not just we know that they are human. We know that they've dealt with anxiety because they're human. But we have stories where people actually dealt with anxiety in the Bible. And one of these people who dealt with anxiety in the Bible clearly is one of the most famous figures in the Bible. Even It's not even an awkward side character in, in a forgotten story. And because of how central this character is, in the biblical story. We are fortunate enough to be able to learn from, from this on multiple aspect levels of their life because this person wrote extensively and openly about their emotions and struggles in the book of Psalms. And this person in the Bible is David, the second king of Israel. Now, David is an incredibly fig important figure in the Bible. Not only is David the first good king of Israel, he is the person from which the rightful line of kingship extends throughout all of Israel and Judah's existence. This line of kingship extends through to Jesus, the savior of God's people and the world. And being born of the line of David is an important part that gives him the right to, to, be, to claim to be who he is. In addition to all of this, David is known as a man after God's own heart. David had a very open and personal relationship with God. And we see this clearly through the book of Psalms. 
In the book of Psalms, David writes many poems that are, are written by, by him just pouring his heart out before God, pouring his heart out openly, and, and he doesn't hold anything back in these poems. They, they get very raw, very real, and it's things that we can relate with on many levels. Now, one of these poems is Psalm 55. In Psalm 55, David cries out to God about a situation where a trusted advisor stabbed him in the back. Someone close to him rebelled against him, and the situation escalated to the point where David had to flee Jerusalem, the city where he lived, because he was not safe there anymore. In this psalm, David is clear to God about his troubles and how it's affecting him. He's, he's very raw, he's very open and vulnerable. And this is really shown clearly through verses 1 to 7. This is what he says in Psalm 55, 1-7. through 7. He says, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. David expresses some pretty serious feelings here in this poem. They're strong feelings, and it's clear that you know, what is happening to David in this situation is affecting every area of David's life. He describes his heart pounding out of his chest, that he feels overwhelmed by his troubles. His fear and his trembling overwhelm him. It says he can't stop shaking, and all he wants to do is be able to escape. Now, it isn't clear which situation in David's life he's referring to here from this psalm. But from the events that we do have recorded and available to us, the rebellion of his son Absalom seems to fit the situation best. This happened when David was later in his years, and his son Absalom took it upon himself to revenge kill his half-brother. This led to him being estranged from his family. He went into exile for four years. And while he was in exile away from David, his father, four years in, he, he was welcomed back. He was allowed back to the city of Jerusalem. And when he came first, when he came back, you know, things seemed okay at first. But David still didn't see Absalom in person for a little while. While Absalom waited to meet with his father, at long last, he began to rally up some support for himself with the people living in Jerusalem. See, David was getting older. He, his fighting days had passed. and He wasn't the hero that people knew him to be. But Absalom, Absalom, you know, he was tall. He was strong. He was a good warrior. He was somebody who the people could see leading them. And when the people would complain about things going on in, in the kingdom, Absalom would, would say, oh, this is what I would do. You know, if I was king, I would, I would totally solve this problem. 
And, you know, slowly and slowly this, this support for Absalom began to build with the people living in Jerusalem. They started to think, you know, Absalom would be a great king. He would be probably even better than David was when he was younger. Why don't we make Absalom king? And, and this led to a full-on coup where David had to flee the city for his life. And he had to consider going to war with his own son. It's a stressful situation on many, many accounts. Fearing his own life, potentially fighting his own son. And regardless of if this is the situation that David is writing about in Psalm 55 or not, these these were not the first times that David experienced worry, stress, and anxiety in his life. Even before David became king, even before David had ever even met a king, he grew up as a shepherd. And when wild animals came to eat his sheep, he defended them. And he, he, he writes about how he actually faced off against lions and bears. And I'm sure that every time he had to face off against a lion and a bear, or even if he had to fight a wolf, he must have been shaking just heart beating out of his chest, scared to death, and wondering why he had chosen this as his career path. Later in David's life, when he was serving under the previous king, Saul, who he loved, he served well, he respected the man. Saul saw that David could be a threat to his rule. He saw that you know, he was young, that the people liked him. He was a phenomenal warrior. So he turned on David and wanted to kill him. So you know, David had to flee for his life from his friend, from the king, from Saul. And this must have also led to David losing sleep, you know, looking around every corner, jumping at his own shadow. David had to live in caves. He had to forage and hunt for his food. He had to do whatever he could to stay hidden because not only did he have a king coming after him, he had an entire army coming after him. And in all of these situations, David, David's fears were valid. You know, his concerns made sense. His life was in imminent danger many times through his life. His anxiety around these situations is completely natural. But that doesn't make it any easier to, to deal with. He still had to live through these horrible circumstances. What we do get to see through scripture, though, is that David didn't have to go through all of these situations alone. We see that God takes care of David through his difficult circumstances. David reflects at the end of Psalm 55, and in it he reflects this. He says, give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you, for he will not permit the godly to slip and fall. For David, this isn't just an empty phrase or something comforting to say to somebody who's feeling down. For David, this casting his burdens on God is something that he has learned time and time again throughout his entire life. When David was young and tending to his father's sheep, he learned to trust in God when he had to fight lions and bears. 
He knew that having trouble wasn't a punishment from God, but an opportunity to lean on God. And I'm sure that didn't make the task any more desirable to do, but he knew that he wasn't alone in doing it. Then later in his life, when David was fleeing from Saul, the king who wanted him dead simply due to his own insecurities and jealousy, he experienced God's provision in the wilderness, and ultimately he experienced victory over Saul and became king himself. David had experienced giving his burdens, giving his fear of death to God as he ran from Saul for years. It wasn't a short period of time. He was running from Saul for years. So when David got to this point in his life, you know, whether it was the betrayal of his son Absalom, or if it was another betrayal before or after that time, giving his burdens to God was not an abstract idea. For David, this wasn't an empty phrase. It wasn't something to say to make himself feel better in the moment, but not truly believe. This was something that David had experienced doing time and time again. This was something with a proven result. Giving God his burdens became a way of life for David, because if he didn't, it would have been more than he could handle on his own. But just like David, God is also the sustainer of our burdens. Maybe you haven't had to fight lions or bears or had people close to you force you out of your hometown because they want to be king and think killing you is going to make that happen. I mean, I really hope this hasn't happened to you. And if it has, please send me an email. I would love to take you out for coffee or lunch and hear all about it because it must be quite the story. But we do deal with things that cause us to be anxious every day. We do deal with worry and stress all the time. Hey, even me being right here, communicating this message to you brings me some amount of anxiety that I am working to overcome as I speak. As I said in the opening of this message, our goal of this series is both to help us have a good and healthy relationship with our emotions, but also to recognize that God gave us these emotions and they can actually be leveraged to help us grow closer to him. Anxiety is a pretty serious emotion though. You know, as we know from the growing awareness surrounding mental health and anxiety disorders that are, are very prominent, how can something with so much negativity around it possibly be something that we could have a good relationship with in our own lives, let alone used to bring us closer to God? I, again, I want to reiterate, if your anxiety is constant and debilitating, there are some great resources for you in the region. Do check out the Canadian Mental Health Association. Look into the Bounce Back program. You can even email me at justin at and I will gladly meet with you for a conversation in person, on the phone, whatever it is. I'm not a therapist, but if you're unsure about taking a step in either of those directions, if you second guess the severity of what you're experiencing, or if those websites overwhelm you and you don't know where to start, I would be honored to support you in, in whatever it is that you need. I, I would love to talk. But for when we experience the emotion of anxiety, how can we have a good relationship with that even? Well, the first step 
to that is to recognize what anxiety is and why we experience it. Remember, anxiety is a survival mechanism that we have. That feeling of anxiety in its base level is our brain trying to help protect us from things that it perceives as potentially dangerous. Just like we have physical symptoms for, for illnesses, physical illnesses that work to protect us from them, you know, like a fever tries to kill the disease or a runny nose tries to remove an illness from our body. Anxiety is kind of like that. It's uncomfortable. We don't really like when it happens, but it's trying to protect us from something. Today, you know, we don't have animals stalking us in fields trying to hunt us that we need to be hyper aware about. But when you get anxious about driving in a storm, that's your brain telling you to be careful, to be vigilant. Don't take a snooze because this moment is important to your survival. Or maybe at work you need to deliver a presentation about something that's really important to your future in that workplace and you feel anxious about it. It's because it's important to you. Your brain is telling you, hey, this matters. Make sure you prepare for this. You know, you value your job. This is important. Pay attention. You know, where anxiety becomes a problem, though, is when it stops you from being able to do the thing that it's warning you about. When when you get to a point where you just freeze or you, or you just can't get started on what it is that, that is worrying you. When you can't fall asleep because you, you can't stop thinking about that presentation or meeting. And when that happens, it, it's tough. It's hard. Because your brain is trying to warn you about something and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about it and I can't even do the thing. But when that happens, something you can try is take a step back from the situation and recognize that the anxious thoughts are just your brain trying to do what's best for you. This is an oversimplification. There is much more to this. But take a few de deep breaths and remind your brain and your anxiety that you are aware of the situation, that, that you are able to take the appropriate steps to ensure your safety and whatever it is. And Recognize that your anxiety is not trying to hurt you. Your anxiety is not trying to, to freeze you up and, and ruin your day or, or your week. The intentions of your anxiety is to help you. Oh, by no means is this a magic solution. This is far easier said than done. Might not always have any effect whatsoever. But it's important to know that anxiety is not coming from a place that's trying to hurt you or inconvenience you. It's actually trying to help you. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you safe. You know, for, for even those of us who are not experiencing an anxiety disorder, seeing a, a counselor or, or or a therapist can be something that's really helpful in regulating these emotions in, in anybody's life. It can be very beneficial. But I also made the claim that the emotion of anxiety can bring us closer to God. So how does that work? Well, when we become anxious, we know it's because something is either dangerous to our well-being or important to us or you know we're uncertain about something in the future or there's something that we're facing that's difficult for us to handle or accomplish and 
These are actually all things that we can offer to God. These are things that we can pray about, things that we can share openly with God and, and let him know what our struggles are, let him know what our difficulties in life are. And these are areas in our life where God can show up and be active in our lives. See, recognizing our anxiety reminds us of what we need to trust in God for. When we're anxious about something, you know, that can be a strong mental or even sometimes physical reminder to pray about what we're going through, to pray about what we're experiencing, or pray about what we are preparing for. Doesn't mean that it's going to go away, but it means that God can help you through the struggles in your life. A year and a half ago, my wife Haley and I were in a really tough situation. Now, I had just started working here, and we had our first child on the way, and we had just been out of a place to live for almost a year and a half already at that point. We were living in my parents' basement. It was not a basement apartment. It's not a separate living situation. It was finished, so, so that's good. But we were just living in a room in the basement. And we were desperately looking for a place to live. You know, ideally, we were hoping to buy a house in the area here, but you know, we were looking for, for rentals. We were expanding our, our, you know, where we were looking, just hoping to find something because nothing was really popping up. And, Felix was just getting closer and closer to being born. I spent at least an hour in a car every day driving to and from work because we were living in Waterloo. And that gave me a lot of time to overthink and worry about where we were going to be bringing our baby home to. I knew that if I let myself, I could become all consumed by that situation. You know, I could have let it completely taken over my life, worrying about where my family was going to live. And the thing is, I also knew that that wasn't going to help me very much. So I consciously decided that whenever I started to worry about our housing situation, whenever I started to experience that anxiety around that situation, I was going to pray and continually give that situation to God because I knew that, especially with this scenario, there was literally nothing more than I could do aside from check the listings you know every couple days or so and checking those listings takes 10 minutes a day at most so I decided that I didn't want to give that any more time in my mind than that 10 minutes but the thought keeps popping up I'm in a car for an extended period of time every day driving past houses wondering where we're going to live so I spent a lot of time praying in my car in those months leading up to Felix's birth. And for us, the story ended in us closing on a house just three days before Felix was born. And we were able to move into the house about a week after Felix was born. And I thank God for our home every day. But I also thank God for the time where I was able to continually give my burden to God to continually offer that up to him and not let it overtake my life, but share some of that burden with him. Now I think about how much closer I got with God through that time praying nearly every day on my drive to and from work. And the reason why this is significant, the reason why it is so good that we are able to take these things to God, that we are able to, to release 
our burdens to him is because the God we serve is not just a pie in the sky idea or a mysterious being who likes to watch all the troubles that we get ourselves into and eat popcorn while he does it. You know, the God we serve loves each and every person that he made and actually wants to be a part of our lives. Even more than that, the God we serve has made himself available to us through the death of his son on our behalf to bridge the gap between us and him. And not only has our relationship with God been restored through Jesus, but God has made himself personally and continually available to us by his Holy Spirit, who is at work in and among us at all times. We are always in the presence of God. Thanks to God, we have unlimited access to the creator of the universe who loves us and wants to be a part of our lives. That's absolutely insane. And not only that, but we are intentionally made, both physically and mentally, in such a way that the same mechanism built into us for our survival is the same mechanism that can remind us who is fighting for us in our corner every day. So don't ignore your emotions and you know, don't just push them off to the side or bury them until they ex- explode and cause you problems down the, wo- down the road. You know, experience your emotions, learn from them, let them draw you closer to the one who made you and loves you. When we recognize our anxiety, it reminds us of what we need to trust God for. When we recognize the things that we're worrying about, when we recognize the things that occupy our minds, we're reminded of a God who loves us, of a God who cares for us, and a God who wants so much more for us than just worrying about things in the future, but a God who can actually help us with those things, who can release the burden from our lives. So let's pray. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross on our behalf, that we're able to have a relationship with you, that we don't have to go through our lives alone and carry our burdens on our own shoulders, God, that we don't need to continually worry about things in our lives, God, but that you are there walking with us, God, that you are there fighting in our corner on our behalf, God, that you are actually a God who loves and cares for us, and does things for us, God, that you work for our good. And I pray that you would remind us and help us to learn to cast our burdens on you, to to release the things that stress and worry us, that we don't have to feel like we're going through those things alone, God, but that we'd be reminded that you were there with us. And God, for those who, who anxiety has become such a force in their lives, God, that it's, it's taken over areas of their lives and, and it's something that, that has gone so much further than what it, it, it is intended to be, God. God, we, we lift them up to you, God. We, we, we lift up those with anxiety disorders, those who, whose anxiety is, is so strong that they, they can't handle it on, on their own, God. We pray for healing in their lives, God. We pray for wholeness, and for, for just a good quality of life for them, God. We pray 
for those who, who are in the, the field of mental health, those who, who help those uh, who, are, who are mentally unwell and need that help, God, we pray that you'd work through what they do, God, that you would bring healing and restoration and wholeness to people, God, that they, they wouldn't need to live in a way that they're controlled by these things, but they would experience freedom. God, we pray for increased access to mental health resources for those in this community, in our province, in our country, in the world. And God, we pray that you'd help us to be a part of breaking down the stigma around mental health, God, that, that we wouldn't see it as, as something that, that shouldn't be talked about, something that we need to bury and hide, God, but it's something that can be talked about openly, that we can support those in our lives and, and help them get the help that they need, God. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for everything you do for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.